Star Wars sucks. No, it doesn't. Welcome to non-canon. EGG Brom's version edited of the Silly Goose Gang podcast with our first ever returning guest, our crazy American correspondent Fletch Kerwin of Welcome back, Fletch. How's things been? Oh, things have been uh, crazy, but uh, safe and healthy. Uh, happy to be back. Thank you guys again for having me. Cheers from uh, 1130 in America. <laughs> it's, uh, it's five o'clock uh, somewhere. Uh, yeah, it certainly is, man. You sound Scottish. <laughs> that's, that's something we would say. Ah, it's five o'clock someplace. It'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, we, we thought the you know all the craziness going on in the world. Uh, we thought we should talk about it in some capacity, and who better to talk about it than your good self? So we thought, you know, the best way to, to talk about racism is uh, get three white guys and uh, yeah, I talk, we're talk, we're talk definitely gonna get some deep seated stuff out here that's never been talked about and considered before. Uh, definitely, we're coming from a place of a knowing perspective. That's definitely what's going on here. We're definitely informed. No, I am. With with all of the horrible things that not or have just been happening recently, but I mean in the history of mankind, there has been so much injustice going on in so many places that it's it's hard to encapsulate it in in a single conversation and to say that we are going to be enlightened after this or that we are going to fix anything. No, I, I think that we can just do our best to create dialogue and understanding to just expand upon what we do know, what we haven't experienced, and what we can do to make a better future for everyone. So I think, you know, that's that's mostly what we're going to get done here to, on a semi-serious, at least until I finish this thing off, then we'll see. Who knows? Who knows where it goes? Yeah, yep. no, we, 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 were talking, um, we were talking to a, a friend that was on a couple of episodes ago, a musician guy, and we were talking, you know, it was more about political stuff, but, um, you know, here in Scotland, and it was, you know, if you don't have the conversations, you know, yeah. and you have to, yeah, you, you have to be allowed to have the conversations to get anywhere. Otherwise, you're just going to get you guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. You're just going to meet here violence. That that's brilliant. Else. And and just for a second, I want to expand on that. Just in social philosophical theory, when you have two opposing parties that vehemently hate each other, if mm. one person, like like you said, if you just say. You know, uh, you know, blue is the way, red is the way, blue is the way, red is the way. You just get this false dichotomy where everything this guy says is going to be wrong and everything this guy says is going to be wrong. The thing is, you have to take a step outside. Oh, I think I opened that up. You have to take a step outside of yourself and actually listen to things that you think or maybe things that you know are unequivocally wrong. Mm. Listen, listen for areas of that argument that do make sense to you, that you can start to expand upon. And that when you have a conversation going on where, you know, like, not to bring religion into it, but, you know, Jesus has turned the other cheek. You know, I'm, I'm sure that there are hundreds of other uh, prophets and religions out there that have the exact same philosophy of, you know, if it doesn't really affect you that much, it's okay to take a blow to the face. If you know, you know, ow, okay, 
no, it's no big deal. I won't hurt you or retaliate because in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. So if I can take a step back and just say, do what? I'm completely wrong about everything that I know. Tell me. That gives the other person an opportunity to back down their aggression instead of being defensive because this person disagrees with me and they won't listen to me. If this person comes up and just sits open hands and says, hey, I am I think I was wrong. Tell me what you think. It opens dialogue because not, not, to, not to equate anyone to a dog, but if you're dealing with a dog that has been beaten, it thinks everyone that comes up to it is going to hurt it. So it's going to snarl and bite. Now, if you come up to it and start yelling at the dog, don't bite me, don't bite me. Where do you think that's going to go? You think the dog's going to understand you? Or do you think the yeah. dog's just going to keep hating you? But if you show up, you, you don't don't bother the animal, but sit near it. Do normal things around it. When the dog gives you attention, have a pleasurable interaction. You know, be nice. Don't yeah. don't go. What are you looking at? Get away from you, scary dog. Have a treat for it. Now, if you mm. go to pet it, you're probably going to get bit. Now, if you get bit, you have to understand the dog is reacting based on previous uh, encounters. If you have to go, ah, oh, the damn dog bit me and you hit the dog, well, guess what? You just reinforced everything that just happened. Yeah. yeah. So it takes preferably all parties, but at least one party to sit down and go, do you know what? Maybe I need to not do anything right now. Oh, I got to fix this. I got to get up and go do something about it. Maybe we should just calm down. Yeah. Be normal. And uh, it, it's there. there's an old saying that's very easy to say, and it's very difficult to put into practice. Treat others as you would like to be treated. You know, in, in the United States Constitution, it says all men were created equal. Unfortunately, the language of that was used doesn't actually represent the the reality of the laws that were put in place. All men are created equal, except for these people over here. Whether they're gay, whether they're slaves, whether they're from Mexico, whether they're the Irish, Italians, whatever. They were talking about white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. But fortunately for us, the language they used, is all men are created equal. All we have to do as a society, at least in America, is follow that fucking piece of paper. And I don't mean men as in just men. People. All people created equal. Don't want to leave you ladies out. <laughs> but uh, that's the thing. It's, we have – like I, I joke with my friends sometimes. But like the 90s happened. Like do you remember like – at least in, in Los Angeles, the economy was good. Well, well, do you know what? I'm going to pull that back because in, in the 90s, Rodney King was happening. We had uh, the drug war going on in South Central Los Angeles. We had crime units escalating violence in neighborhoods. So do you know what? I'm going to pull that back. Uh, I could say that racial tension was lower back then, but also shit was getting swept under the carpet. 
and we're seeing that raise back up right now. Like, it's not like no black people have been killed by police since '92, and it just happened again, and we're outraged. I mean, and this is uh, a comedian named Andrew Schultz put together a very uh, uh, well thought out take on, on what's going on right now. And he made a very clear distinction between rioting and looting. Now, rioting still sh- shit still gets burned and destroyed in rioting. But that's when you go to a public courthouse, a place where, where the person wasn't convicted. You go to the, the city uh, uh, council chambers to let the politicians know. Because, and the reason I say that shit still needs to get burned down is because the leaders of our country and the society that at large controls media and the zeitgeist hasn't been listening. Some of it has, but most of it hasn't. When Colin Kaepernick took a knee against police brutality like two years ago, year and a half ago, ah, fuck him, he's ruining football. I'm not taking a knee. It was like an... The guy was silently just lower. He was doing a level change. Like, and pe- who gives a fuck if it's like my brother died in Iraq. That's not what he's doing it for. He's doing it because things are so strange right now that it's called white privilege to go outside and not be harassed by the police. That is nice. But to say that that is a privilege or something that's more than what should be fucking normal for everyone, that is a travesty. So I want everyone to be able to go outside and not have to worry about the fucking cops. Now, putting that actually into social practice is a hell of a thing because the nature of the police is a deterrent against crime and general antisocial behavior. So you're actually supposed to be kind of afraid of them. That's how everything was structured. But... That's what's led to all of this. People are afraid of the cops. That's led to the cops being worried about this person's acting strange around me. Like, what do I do? I I see this stuff all the time. Is this one of the bad ones? So I think what more than defund or abolish these institutions of, of racism and control, complete restructuring, the police academies, the psychological profiles that they, they use to get officers need to be rearranged. So the the internal uh, um, command structures, because the reason we have things, at least I have some insight to the Los Angeles Police Department through civil c- civil dealings. I've, I've, de- I've dealt with them through contracts several times. If you are an, a member of the department and you witness something going wrong and you report that to superior officers and they have to bring in internal affairs they put the person on suspension you're on suspension because they need you out out of the field because they don't know your involvement with it so you have two officers out of the field you have internal affairs which come which comes in this is time out of everyone's day while, while investigations are going on while paperwork needs to get filled out the person who was the victim of the infraction is going to sue the city and the precinct. So if you're the chief of police and you're worried about the red line or the bottom line about money, about keeping this thing open and running, 
you need people that will not tell on one another because it's a waste of time and money otherwise. Rather take a few bad apples to get let us get do our jobs. And this is the mindset that they're coming at it with. This is why police officers don't get punished. This is why when things get reported, oh, the cameras were off. Oh, well, we have five officers to corroborate that you spit on him before he broke your nose with his elbow. It's like, I didn't. Yeah, but we have five officers that said you did. And they, they need that sort of... Uh, um, they need to be on that blue line because if there's a ch- if there's a crack in that line, the precinct goes down. They either lose funding or they get sued too many times or they don't have trained officers out in the field, which we'll get to in a moment because right now they don't have trained officers in the field. <laughs> a bunch of people with, with po- bird walk. How does someone whose job it is to carry a gun and uphold civil order, how are they allowed to panic? while pointing a gun at someone and a person who is not trained with a gun in their face, they're not allowed to panic. Stay calm. Get down on your knees. Turn on your back. Put your hands behind your back. Stand on your head. You aren't doing what I said. Pop, pop, pop. There's been times when you have these officers have an adrenaline rush going and they go, I thought he was going for a gun. It's like you asked him to pull out his wallet and he pulled out his wallet and you shot him. This has happened. Mm. so we need to have this whole the, the, the recruitment the mindset of running the, 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 the departments themselves the training and the application of law enforcement now to actually revamp and, and redo this whole thing we're, we're going to be without trained cops for a minute because everyone who's currently a police officer is going to have to be retrained and the whole thing with old dogs and new tricks. And then we need a new crop coming through with a system that hasn't been developed, let alone tested yet. Now, meanwhile, now this is where or Andrew Schultz gets to the looters. In any element of society, whether it's white people, whether it's Chinese, whether it's Mexican, whether it's black, whether it's African, African-American, whatever. You have a subset of people will take advantage of opportunity no matter what it is large group of 500 people burning one building well they're burning it across the street from whatever shop i want to go into i can use them as a human shield to go do what i want now just because those people go and loot doesn't detract from the people actually going out and getting their voices heard because they've been denied a civil uh, um basic civil liberties for, for the past 80 years. Longer than that. But for as far as the civil liberties they should have had based on the law that's been passed, based on the civil act, uh, civil rights movement. Um, fuck, I, I completely forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Alcohol. <laughs> I think it was probably a good one. Oh, so, uh, okay, so the main thing is it's, so, it's, it's a very... You hear you hear protesters and activists talking about this is a deep-seated institutional problem, and they're absolutely right. The system was set up eighty years in Los Angeles. It was set up eighty years ago to kick out a, a existing uh-huh. crime element, and the LAPD kicked out the existing crime element by being bigger gangsters, by getting better funding, better better technology. Like, when the Chicago mob was out here, they got strong-armed out by the cops. 
So we need to take that structure of we have a strong armed gangster unit in blue that's just a bigger threat to criminals than, than criminals are willing to operate in. We need to bring that back. How? Seems like um, such Fuck a complex. How. Seems like such a complex and deep um, issue. People uh, are like, why is he drinking at eleven o'clock in the morning? I <laughs> said, <laughs> th- 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 there is no easy solution to this. Now, now, I'm expanding upon hypotheticals here, so don't think that I'm just. This is gonna happen. We can't do. I'm just uh, expositing on, on possibilities. Uh, I think I might have mentioned last time the history of La Cosa Nostra, the uh, Sicilian Mafia. It started with a group of uh, farmers in Sicily who were getting raided by locals and by uh, Moorish and uh, European pirates. It would come to Sicily, steal stuff, take crops. So they started hiring local guards. The local guards would travel around They'd keep ammunition spaces. They'd have a general structure and barracks for them to sleep in. But for the most part, it was local population. Well, it takes money to get get ammunition, to train these guys, to keep the barracks up, to mow the lawn. I mean, just basic upkeep. Eventually, these guards became so effective that the pirates, the looters coming from other overseas, stopped coming. At least stopped coming as often. The guards still need that money to upkeep everything. Hey, you needed 50 of us to keep these pirates away. Well, you're still going to pay to keep 50 of us around because we all got jobs. We got families to feed. And if you don't, something bad might happen to you. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, good caution protection. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, it'd be a terrible thing if your restaurant ran into some sort of accident like a fire. <laughs> <laughs> if you pay the Dolion family, you uh, we have fire insurance, I guess you could say. And if anyone comes into town, hey, we take care of them for you. Just uh, every month, pay up. So let's say in, in Minneapolis right now, we do abolish the police force. Well, you're gonna need some existing like community overwatch, whatever it is. But community overwatch takes organization and money. Money is going to come from somewhere. If specific groups start funding community overwatch, do you think that the group that pays the police won't have a little bit of extra wiggle room? The people that fund the gas and the guns that you're using? To... So there's corruption. Now what happens if these people that are now the new community overwatch realize that they're the only people in the city with firearms and the only ones that you can go to for protection. Do you think that the individuals who are part of the community Overwatch might find room for corruption? Yeah. So we're taking rid of an institutional, uh, a, a, a racist institutional monster and replacing it with the foundation of a new mafia, a new organized crime unit. And that's assuming that organized crime doesn't instantly come in and take it over. Oh, from the- yeah, it would. It would, undoubtedly. So I mean, almost, almost certainly it would happen. A, a quick story. Uh, so back when I was doing records research uh, for PI, for the PI work, uh, God, this must have been eight years ago, I was standing in line uh, at the courthouse just chatting with a guy. You know, The court system is slow, so we had a few hours to talk. 
And he told me about his dream to get a sail, like a little sailboat, and he was going to sail it around the world. And he was going to hit every port in every major country around around the world. And I asked him, because this was right around the whole Captain Phillips uh, incident. What happens when you go around the tip of East Africa? And he goes, oh, well, you know, I'd have a shotgun. You'd have a shotgun to defend a boat against pirates. A shotgun has a range of about a hundred, let's say 50, uh, 40 meters, 50 yards. If you put slugs in it, maybe a hundred. Now, these guys are professional pirates. Do you think you're going to shoot two blasts in the air and scare them off? They're going to take a rifle and they're going to shoot your engine from 300 yards off. And then they're going to wait three days for you to die of thirst. And then they're going to come take your shit because they're professional pirates. They do this for a living. They have a meta for you. Oh, you have an assault rifle too? They have a meta for that. Oh, you have a speedboat? They have a meta for that. It's their job. This is how they feed their kids. So in any, as I said, in any society, you have individuals like this who take advantage of opportunity. So you abolish the police. You have every level of criminal, be it full-blown idiot on the bottom that's a smash-and-grab robber, to the guy that used to run tech security for Google that just quit his job and now wants to make a few million dollars on his own. Everyone in that spectrum is going to go, wait, there's no one to call. <laughs> They're not going to call. Them. Like, So if I hire private security with more guns than what you have, I can just do whatever I want. If I fund the police, if I take a, a $100,000 loan out of the bank and just give it to the cops and have the cops give me some of the drugs that they uh, t- take from people and I sell that, I can make that money back. The, the le- I, so I understand the sentiment and the need to get rid of the existing institutions, but then we also have to realize, or at least plan for accordingly, what comes after, what yeah. what, what, well, true is, self, um, what what true self governance actually looks like. This is this is like uh, like overthrowing Gaddafi in Libya and then ending up with a complete shit show or getting rid of that vac- and uh, you, you end up with a shit a power show. Vac- I think um, people should be careful in how they want to uh, rearrange the, the police force. Um, maybe be careful what they wish for because you know there will be. I seen somebody on um, CNN. I don't know who she was, and you know she was saying, you know, we, we we want to do away with the police, and and even the woman on CNN went, so who do I phone if somebody breaks into my house? She went, well, you know, we've been talking about this and went on to a long dialogue and, and didn't answer anything. It's kind of like, well, nobody at the minute. Oh, cool. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it does. It. Uh... Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> we have a force on the Stanley Gang podcast. Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers! That's who you call. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. no one, no one wants to. It's not like I think that you know. 
oh my god, anarchists are attacking the federal building. I said this last time. It's not like we're, I'm going to go grab that thing and go run out to the streets to defend the world. I mean, things are so chaotic. I do it. Right now, they're pretty calm. There has been a clear line established, in Los Angeles at least, with the current protests going on are protests. The, the, the specific looting and the rioting has separated. There are now, because the, the rioters realize that if the looters who are just simply using them as a human shield, there, there's no cause that these that the, the people um, who plan to break stuff. There's, there's, let me say this. Just because there are rioters out there that act as opportunists that see looters going and looting and they go grab something, that's human nature. Like as you can, you can condone it, you can not condone it, whatever. But if you're a if you're a mom and you are out there, you know, protesting, and then suddenly windows are getting broken, and you see something you need, I would like to think that I wouldn't take it. But I also completely understand that it's very much human nature for people to kind of go with the herd, and just oh, we're taking stuff. Okay, so that was how it was. I want to say Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is you had a lot of that going on, uh, specific criminal elements taking advantage of the protests, and then just kind of general chaos ensuing afterwards with opportunists and people just who think why not or, or do what the system their their rationale is the system deserves it. Now I'm not going to get into deserve who deserves what because you know we had a, a not a close friend but you know one of our black belts uh, a chai. Uh, 10th Planet Long Beach. Now, his place mm. didn't get targeted. No one tried to burn down his gym, but they did burn down a store that was part of the same building unit. Okay. So they burned three places over, and it's all part of the same building, whole building burned down. So, you know, I'm not happy about that. You know, the. My my gut reaction is, well, that's that's fucking terrible. Like, why are you people doing? But then, you know, if you know, put it this way, there was a GoFundMe page uh, created by uh, uh, another one of our black belts for for the gym. They're going to be okay. You know, the community came together. They're going to be all right. Insurance is not covering any of it, but the people, the community will take care of people who are wronged. And we need to get that sort of mentality together for, for other communities that have been wronged. So I, I think that's a huge sentiment amongst people out protesting right now of if something gets burned, terrible, but collateral damage. And I can at least see the argument behind that, even if like, I know someone that that affected negatively. Yeah. So... Again, I'm not in a place to judge one way or another. Like if if my house got if if this place got burned down, I would say this is so misguided. Like you you got the wrong one, guys. <clears throat> this isn't gonna. Yeah. You're, you're not hurting the government. You're not hurting the the insurance companies. You're not hurting anyone. But to then turn around and say, hey, you guys shouldn't be expressing your rage. That's that's what people said to Colin Kaepernick when he took a knee. Grow up. <laughs> what, what are you doing? It's like he's letting you know something's fucking wrong and he's doing it politely. You know, and, uh, well, 
talking um, talking about Colin Kaepernick now. I know nothing about. Um, I don't American football. Say, I'm not a so, proponent one way or another of it. I can just say he tried to do it peacefully. We can say that. So did he get? Did he get? Um, did he not get picked up? Because I've heard people saying, you know, the reason he didn't get picked up by a team was because he, his game had went to shit and he fucking he fucking sucked for the last couple of years. Or was it more than that? Things tend to be in the gray area between the two sides. Uh, Towards the end, it wasn't as good. It wasn't as good because I watched football and it, and it wasn't as good. So His legs I, is dead I'll tell you, I, I don't follow football, American gridiron uh, uh, heavily, but I'll, I'll tell you this. The reason he didn't get picked up again was because he took a knee. Yes. But also, he had not been performing as well. But there, like, basically every NFL player after their first five years starts to decline. How many of them do you see get thrown out, especially when they have name and marketability like Colin Kaepernick did? I should say still does. But he was a way bigger name. Yeah, Seattle, the. The, the people that run the teams know this. Controversy is king. You will sell jerseys with Colin Kaepernick's name on it, whether people support him or hate him. They either want to destroy the jersey because fuck that guy, or they want to wear the jersey. So if that if they were really worried about money or getting tickets sold, they wouldn't. They would have brought him back in. The excuse, and this is something that, and this is, I'm, I'm gonna kind of go off to the side for a second, but this is something that the protesting community uh, really is getting off on right now. The reason he didn't get picked up was because he protested. The excuse they used was, well, you you haven't been perfect. Your football has, has not been perfect. And you could use that metric to every single other player and just be like, okay, there's only 10 of you that are getting picked up this year. The rest of you didn't match your previous year's statistics. So there's things like that going on in, in the uh, justice, uh, in, in the in courtrooms with law enforcement, with you know people getting jailed. It's like, no, no, the, the reason you got pulled over was because you're a black man in a car that, you know, the cop you know, doesn't like you driving. The excuse he used was, oh, you were going three miles an hour over the speed limit. You know, so they're, they're, I don't know. I don't know everything about what happened with George Floyd. I know enough to know that he, that there was no reason to hold a guy down and pin him like that yeah, for eight and a half, for eight and a half minutes, let alone for what he did. He like, he either used a fake $20 bill or tried to use a bad check. I, I I've heard different things. Either one of those, not a, I, do I, not a reason to arrest a guy. That's not a reason to arrest a guy. That's a reason to call him on the phone and be like, oh, hello, Mr. Floyd, uh, we're from the bank. Uh, you've been using bad checks. We're going to charge you some extra money. Like, that's not arrest a guy. So they say, oh, he was on meth and he had fentanyl in his system and blah, blah, blah. Okay, get the guy into rehab. That's not a reason to fucking kill the guy in the streets. Uh, maybe he said something mean. Who the fuck cares? That's not a reason to kill a guy in the streets. So the reason that he got killed, if if I may speculate a little bit, sorry about that. If I may speculate a little bit, is I'm going to guess is that there was something going on with that lead officer 
because he and Floyd worked together at a nightclub. Yeah. I'm just guessing. This is 100% speculation. But I imagine there was some sort of personal beef between the two of them. There's mm. something going on. And the officer saw him in the street for whatever excuse, for whatever minutia of the law he could use to go, ah, I got you, I got you. And now, now I get to put my knee on your neck. Because remember last, remember whenever when you did whatever to piss me off or you said the, I, I have the authority now to get you, boy. And so that's that's really what what we're protesting. The law, most of most of the laws, not because I hate most laws, actually, but most of the laws written are written fairly and, and way too complexly or in some cases too vaguely. They can be interpreted multiple ways, but they can in being interpreted multiple ways. You can also interpret them in the best possible spirit of the law as opposed to the worst possible spirit. I think we we need to start listening to the re rereading the laws we have, the constitution that we have written, the amendments that we've made to it, and let's actually start. And it's, I speak this as Americans. I understand the system of uh, government is different over there, but it's like let, let's start actually doing what we've written down. Let's treat people like people, understanding that assholes assholes are everywhere. Every community you know has assholes, and if someone behaves out of turn. Feel free to to politely rebuke them, understanding that they may politely rebuke you back. But to simply make broad social this sweeping generalizations to say, oh, everyone who dresses that way acts a certain way, everyone who who wears their hair a certain way acts a certain way. It's like, let's how about this? Let's just be nice to everyone you run into. And if if I assume you're going to be nice to me, and you assume I'm going to be nice to you, and then you back it up, oh, there, there's a, a a joke in in cooking, or not a joke, but a concept, especially specifically French cooking, to take two ingredients and make something out of the two that's more than the two ingredients. Like here's a joke you guys will appreciate. There's a cooking contest going on. The goal is to cook an onion. They give it to the French chef. The French chef chops the top off the onion and he sears it. He makes a stock, an onion stock. He makes another cut. He makes onion rings. He makes another cut. He makes a, a seared beef steak out of the onion. And then he takes the bottom and he shoestrings them up, makes a little beef steak onion with an onion gravy and onion fries with it little onion ring on top. So with just with one onion, he did all of that. The Irish chef picks up the onion, takes a bite out of it. So you can be given the simplest, smallest things. And if you put some thought and some timing into it, you can make more out of it. So you can take two people who have no reason to interact with one another and give them Nothing. Give, give one guy a seed and give another guy a baby chicken. And if they act amicably, you could end up with a wheat farm and a chicken uh, a farm. And alone, the guy with the chicken farm can only have chicken and eggs. He needs bread. He needs something to mill it up. This, this is the basis of all society. 
this is this is how we've we and it roots from there into socialism, capitalism, communism, all the different isms and all that stuff. But it comes from I only have time to raise chickens or to do one or two things. I don't have time to wash my clothes. I don't have time to grow wheat. I don't have time to mill the wheat once I've grown it. But if I get along well with this guy over here, I have too many eggs to eat. He has too much wheat to eat. Mm. And, and it, I'm. It, this is all extremely riveting shit. I know, but it, it's. It makes sense. It, it does make yeah. sense. It, it could work. be that simple if we just assumed that humans need the best for themselves, but want the best for the people around them. And I don't. Th- I think we've lost that somewhere in the last. 15 20 years i think everyone's too tense everyone is looking like you're gonna take you're gonna take what are you trying to take you're gonna hurt me and we uh, maybe it's media maybe it's the like maybe maybe the mothers against violence were right or whatever maybe it's the violent television we watch but who who knows but i think there's there's something in society today maybe uh maybe everybody needs to take dmt and go to jiu-jitsu (laughs) <laughs> Fucking hey, man. Well, it, 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 uh, they need they need a different perspective because the the world, especially with social media, and social media gives you the ability to cast out any dissenting opinions from your timeline. So only things that you agree with come to you. So it gives you a skewed narrative, a, a skewed version of the world because you live in an echo chamber. You, you, you live with people who parrot the same ideas and you parrot their ideas because we all get along. Well, that, that doesn't lead to progress. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't expand any minds. That, that uh, a concentric spirals thought into a nothingness that implodes on itself into a mist of mm. glitter and good thoughts I've, I've seen that a lot on social media over the last couple of weeks people posting well if you don't agree with me or i don't agree with you then we should just unfriend each other and then like you were saying at the start flex then you're, you're cutting that dialogue off at the yeah. start there's no dialogue going to happen yeah. and, and i've used the phrase a lot like the echo chamber of social media because you do fall down the trap of just following pages that sh- that you have an interest in, only following people that have the same thoughts and opinions as you. And that's like you were saying, Chris, you just end up on the opposite sides of fences, not willing to, not that you can reach common ground all the time, but an acknowledgement of, okay, yeah, actually I was wrong on that point. I appreciate well, at, the ver- at the very least, acknowledging why someone else disagrees with you. Yeah. Like that the, there is a process behind it. And it's not just that, oh, fuck that guy. He disagrees with me. It's like, it's, and it's like, um, it's like me said to Fletch, uh, you know, man, fucking leg locks suck. Um, you know, you know, collar chokes are, you know, you know, arm bars are the best thing in the world. And you go, no, nah, man, fuck you. And you go, okay, I don't have to accept that, you know, you're right or you don't have to say I'm right, but you have to just go, okay, cool. Well, you know, you're allowed to think like that and I'm allowed yeah. to think like this. You know, well, the reality and, is, the reality is you could maybe get together and say, how do you do this and how do you do that? And then, Do you know what the reality of, of it is? We're both right and we're both wrong because yeah. it's situational. We don't know the scenario that it's going to be used in. I always teach uh, our students, uh, if you get into a, into a street altercation, you're always going for the choke. Every, everything you attack 
is an extension that leads back to the neck. So if I'm trying to choke you and you defend it, I'm going to break the arm that's defending it, and then I'm going to go back to the choke. If I can't get a hold of your upper body because you're too mobile, I'll heel hook you to limit your mobility, and then I can take the back and go for the choke. So what's better, heel hooks or, co- or collar chokes? Well, in sport jujitsu, uh, evidence looks like heel hooks. But if you want to talk about real life, people wear clothes in real life. They don't run around like greased crackheads, you know, as much as we're ready for that, that's not the most common uh, opponent that you're going to get into. It's going to be someone wearing a collared shirt. It's going to be someone, uh, you know, at a bar somewhere, someone, someone uh, you ran into uh, while, while driving that gets out and starts to start a fight with you. You know, it's going to yeah. be people goes on. So what's better, the collar choke or the heel hook? They, they are both effective tools depending on the scenario that you're in. And that's the thing. People don't like that answer because they liked it's it's the logical fallacy of the false dichotomy, which you get on a team. I like this. I get some friends of mine that like this too. That's the most effective thing, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. Okay, we're th- we're the collar choke guys. Heel hooks are the best. Huh? What? They disagree with us. Fuck that. It's like th- th- you disagree with my team, and and we know we're right because we echoed and say. That's the thing is you. People want to have their opinion be boistered up to, to be uh, uh, the, the cool right thing. They don't so like can, they, um... they, life is nuanced and complex. That not everything in every scenario is right. I can give you a, a, an example of this from our um, uh, from our podcast when we were talking to uh, you know our FBI guy Robin Drake. Shout out to Robin Drake. Uh, he, we were talking about something, and I said to Ali, "Oh, you know, it's okay because I can kick Ali's ass." And Ali went, oh, well, I can't even deny it. And I went, yeah, but it's okay because Ali's smarter than I am. And it's like an acceptance. <laughs> it's just like weird acceptance for people to go, hey, 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 yeah, Ali's smarter than me, but that's cool. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But, it's, you know, I know that and I understand that. So it's fine. It doesn't matter. But, you know, some people have a, a real difficulty accepting their own flaws and trying to fix them. Uh, and then they shut off. And, you know, well, well why, why would I want to you know, except I'm not as smart as somebody else, I could just say, well, fuck you, man, I'll just kick your ass. Eh, you could, do, you could try and get smarter. <laughs> you know? well, he... Oh, God. Well, I, was, I was about to be on something. Oh, bollocks. What, what were we talking about right, right before this? Oh, any old shit. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I was right. I was... I was... <laughs> something, uh... uh... Kick, getting your butt kicked, not getting your butt kicked. Yeah, no, talking about logical fallacies, all being on one team situation. Yeah, yeah, all being all being on one team. Yeah, or agreeing, you know, guys who call a choke versus guys who heel hook. Yeah, and having your own team couldn't have been important. It'll come back to me. It will. It will. Robin Dreek as well was saying that one of the reasons that um, that hatred never actually lasts long. To follow yeah, on yeah. from what you were about being on a team is that actually people don't want hatred people as, as humans want love acceptance friendship yeah. and they get in the hate groups thinking they get that and then because it's all so negative because it's all just hate 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 all the time people gradually move away from it yeah yeah do I mean, you know what i mean i don't know how what what term you want to use for it but like spiritual energy or like positive vibes there's something to that. 
because when yeah. you're around happy people, you feel better. Like yeah. in, when, when, when you're around people that just wallow in, in their problems and just don't fix anything, I I, I want to say that, that there's some sort of vibration or, or whether it's yeah. a, pher- a pheromone or something that, that's given off that we pick up on as a, as a people. Um, but I remembered what I was going to get to uh, earlier, just the, the whole notion of the, getting in an echo chamber and realizing that objectivity is sometimes required but not liked. And the example I was going to use is if you have a, if you're, have a small fire in your room, you can take a wool blanket and smother the fire out. So you can write down a meta of if you see a fire, throw a wool blanket over it. What happens if you run into a house fire and you start throwing wool blankets into it? Yeah, it just goes up. But but this is how you put fires out. Mm. I read it online that if you see a fire, you throw a wool blanket onto it. It says it right here. And here's 50 examples of YouTube people putting fires out with blankets. So in my application of it, I'm going to take this blanket and I'm going to throw it into the fire. I'm helping. Yeah. That's, that's what we're seeing a lot. We're, we're seeing these echo. And that's what we, we were getting at earlier with this need for dialogue, this need for open discussion, because there could be someone on the outside that goes, uh, dude, that's just for small fires. It won't work for big ones. So, like That's a really good analogy. You're you're right, but in the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> like, because and well, I remember I, I mentioned the last time I was on. Like, that's my big thing with Bernie Sanders. Like, as far as a candidate goes, he identifies that the house is on fire, but then he just has no idea how to put the damn thing out. It's like mm-hmm. you're you're right. The system is burning. There is inequality and fucked up shit all over the place. But like like we we mentioned. How do you how do we fix it? Because in trying to fix it, it either allows problems to bloom or creates new pl- problems altogether. And that's what no one likes. No one likes sitting there and saying like, "Wait, you mean my team isn't right, and their team isn't right, and, and that we're going to actually have to talk to one another and figure out an actual objective way to make this work and not just make people feel good and say that it's." inherently good because i say it is we actually have to make it good it's it's like saying i i feel like society right now is given sugar and apples and flour and, and salt and and they have all of these ingredients in front of them and they're just picking all of these things up and smashing them into their face raw going pie 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 it's like you guys got to actually cook. You, you realize it's not done yet. You got to actually do some. You got to get someone, if not yourself, someone has to chop that shit up and mill it together and knead the dough and pre-bake it and get the pie in the oven. And someone has to pay for the gas bill or you know get some sticks together for the fire. Like people need to do shit to actually make this motherfucker work. We can't just say, "Hey, I, we have all the ingredients here, pie." Yeah. It's like, no, you, you actually got to make that, dude. And I think uh, this is something to do with uh, our generation. Uh, with the, basically, anyone under, I want to say, 38. We had a lot done for us, and we have a lot of convenience in our lives with internet, with instant access, deliveries. I mean, 
people don't like having to do things. More, like, yes. I, it, it's t- it's tough. Like, dude. So for all the watchers, it took me like 15 minutes to turn my Skype account on because I'm such a fucking idiot. My, <laughs> I, I, I redid the software on my computer and it deleted Skype and I had to re-download it and lost my old blog information. I couldn't remember it for the life of me. Like, it's hard for the average person, idiot maybe, but uh, to, to organize all this stuff, all the different news articles to read, all the different elections, your job, taxes, 17 different apps. Oh, I need to post a story in 15 minutes because that's going to be the peak T hour. This whatever country is my biggest demographic. There's all this shit going on. It's hard to get this this little stuff right. It's hard to like, wait, you, you mean I have to do all of this and then I have to put society together too? I mean, I, I have to not only collect yeah. the apples and mill the sugar, I have to make the fucking pie too? It's like, someone does. Yeah, yeah. So well, well, we all need to take a step back, take a big old deep breath, give everybody a cuddle, and reassess. There we go. Um, what what we're doing, man? We need to reassess what we're doing. It's interesting, you know. You know, we were talking earlier on about you know smaller communities. You know, if everybody run a, you know, if everybody you know like our little villages where we live, we could almost certainly do that in these small villages. Um, you know, early. How the how do you ever manage that? It's just impossible. It seems impossible. Well, um, I think the know. biggest part, to, the, the biggest way of doing that is recreating communities. Right now, because of the internet, because it's so easy for you to hop on a screen and talk to people who are thousands of miles away from you. I don't need to yeah. go see my neighbor for dinner. There's a fascinating guy that lives up the street from me. He uh, escaped from uh, Nazi concentration camps. He was a a, a Polish, uh, uh, a Jewish boy. He was uh, 18 when that happened over there. He got put into a work camp. He escaped. He had uh, Gestapo chasing him, the whole show me your papers thing. He got nearly caught a bunch of times. I feel like shit because I haven't talked to him in like five years. Like yeah. maybe when this is over, I should just like go over there and invite him to dinner. But like, we we need to rebuild the community. Accountability. Like, if someone's house gets knocked over, like a storm knocks a tree into someone's house, amongst the five houses around, there's plenty of resources and manpower to fix that without bringing in an insurance company, without calling in a city work trucker. That there are things that we can do that we just oh someone else will do it. The city, like, we have to pay taxes so that the city has money to pay for that. And in that, that creates corruption issues because the people collecting the money to allocate it out to all these things that they're doing for us, they sit there with this pot of gold and they go, wait, I'm the one who checks if all the gold is here? Yeah, all the gold is here. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, we're, we're short this year, but all the gold is here. Yeah. Oh, my, hey, uh, my friend has a new project going up. He gets some gold for his project. Oh, you, you have a project coming up? Yeah, your building is going to block my view of the valley, so you don't get that project. Yeah, it's like everything, isn't it? Any, any kind of power, any, any level of power. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. Why did that happen? Because we didn't do it ourselves. We gave it to someone else and said... 
one of my favorite uh, economists is named Milton Friedman, and he asks this of people that, that are staunch communists. He says, who are the angels? Who are, who are these altruistic, omnipotent beings that are going to run this system for you? Be- because yeah. humans humans won't not. It's like, it's like, so we get all the oranges off the farm and we got to ship them 150 miles to this mainland or to the main central hub where they sit into a box, uh, sit in boxes where we count the oranges and then we can figure out how many oranges we have and then we can figure out where we send the oranges. Meanwhile, the oranges have been sitting there for a week. A third of your crop is gone. The people that grew the oranges aren't actually getting any oranges back from the city. And the guy that collects the oranges and is counting them is pocketing two or three because he knows by the time they get to the market, they're going to be bad. Now, that's just an example that Milton Friedman brings up. Just of like, who, like, it is the human incentive in that scenario to take it when you can get it. So, in, in these systems that we, we plan on creating, who are these angels that we are giving all this power to? Like, we're the, the, the protests that are going on right now are because the people who have the power like it the way it is. And there's nothing we can fucking do about it. What are we going to do? Stop paying taxes? Just everyone? Like, this year, just stop. Dude, they call them the fucking military. Yeah. Like, and this is another thing I said. Like, the LAPD's budget is like 500 million. It's astronomical. It's huge. To, to help appease some of the protesters, Garcetti said he was going to cut the budget by $150 million. It's a lot of money. It is. That's, that's, that's going to hurt because that's existing programs that aren't going to get funded. People that have special operations need new computers. They'll notice that. But here's the thing. These are the people who are in power that have been abusing you. You just flicked them in the nuts really hard. They still yeah. have three hundred and fifty million dollars to operate. Yeah. You have to plan your battles better. You have to learn how to hit these people where it really hurts, and not just where to piss them off so that they fucking retaliate back against you. Like, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I don't think too much is going to change in the United States, at least. I think that there's going to be some petty bubblegum and trinkets fucking gift that the government gives a few cities. I think they're going to do some small things. I Restructure one or two police forces. I have a feeling in about two months, people are going to forget this shit fucking happened. I don't want that to happen because a lot of shit got burned down. A lot of people mobilized. A lot of people who, who, who weren't willing to get up and do something about it did get up and do something about it now. And boy, I just cannot fucking wait for everyone to forget about it. Like, uh, it kills me a little bit. But I, I, I really hope that doesn't happen, but I think it will. I, I have a suspicion that it will as well. Unfortunately, I think in a couple of months' time, it'll be off the news cycles. You know, COVID will be on the downward trend. No. People will be getting out and about more. And I do worry that that happens. One thing that's interesting, though, Fletch, is um, how many how many people who are protesting just now 
do you think in two months' time when it's all gone, you know, they, they won't really be all that bothered because they've done their, their show of strength and went, oh, well, I, I, I protested. And, you know, they don't really, you know, it's more of a social thing where they, it looks like they're doing it, but they don't really care about it all that much. They just want to, you know, show the world that they care but without actually genuinely <clears throat> trying to make a difference. I don't, want to, I don't, I really don't want to discount all of the good that's happened. Oh, obviously not. Yeah, yeah, obviously not. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to disagree just the slightest bit, not, not unequivocally, but just, I think there are those people out there, the flavor of the month people that are, are posting because they, they have to, because they feel like they're, they, they would get shamed by their community or, or just because they, they got told to do it. I, I do think people like that exist. But whether the people who showed up on the street to protest are there because it was the cool thing to do this month or not, they did show up. They still showed up. Yeah. They scared the shit out of a lot of governments around everywhere. And if they showed up once, if they need to, they can show up again. So whether every single activist is you know, in there for life or not, uh, they're, they're absolutely. I think you're right there. They're 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 not, you know, bleeding for the cause. The it's a very it's a very easy thing that they can do to only, to, um... to stand up in their community and say, see, see, but they did. Now, whether it was more for the for their own personal image or whether it was for the community, they they did do it and they can be brought back out to do it. I think that's that's the thing that we need to pick up is that. If, if they push, no matter where you are in the world, if you push people hard enough, they will get up off their ass. Whether it's cool or whether it's because you push too hard, we'll, the, um, we'll see. The reason, the reason that I say that, Fletch, is, um, you know, as you said right at the beginning, there's a lot of injustice and a lot of bad things happening, have happened and will continue to happen. So, you know, when you see... Um, you know, ISIS throwing gay guys off buildings in Iraq. Yeah. Um, when, when you see women in Iran getting thrown in jail for removing a hijab. Yeah. Um, you know, when white farmers were being shot and being encouraged South to be Africa. shot in South Africa. These people, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say these people, yeah. a lot of people just went, oh, okay, and went around the day alive and it didn't matter. There's like, this one has really caught fire. And now everybody is, you know, going, oh, yeah, I'm really about, you know, equality. Yeah. But, you know, you weren't always. So it's, if we had, if we want to protest this hard, we have to make sure the equality is. I'll, I'll say two things on that. I think you're, you're right. Is in that they are not true humanitarians. They're, they're not looking for the good of everyone everywhere. They're not trying to solve every injustice. And. The social, the, the media powerhouse, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Fox News, CNN, it's all pushing specific information that's dialed in to to make us react. So I cannot fault everyone for picking up on the wavelengths that are being thrown out. Yeah, of course not. From your phone, from your computer, from your television, from your friends that you talk to. 
I mean, there's only so much information that's provided to us. I mean, not not everyone can travel the world and see everything firsthand. I mean, bless the reporters that do and the people with the means to do so. But most of us wake up in the same room that we did yesterday and figure out what's going on in Indonesia on this thing right here. Like, I've never been to Indonesia. I don't know if everything that's every news story that I've ever read is just a fabrication written by Duarte or, or the, the crazy guy running it over there. Like maybe every, maybe everyone is dead and it's just him and a, a gang of mercenary monkeys like playing cards, but I've not been over there to check. That's kind of the, that's kind of the Eddie Bravo coming out of me right now. But you get the <laughs> idea of, you get the idea of even if like, I like to think that I'm well informed because I read multiple sources but those are sources provided to me. You have to realize that the information that we're getting is being fed to us as if it was a, a trough being strapped to our face. So even if we like to think we're enlightened, we're still eating the bullshit. Oh, we're still, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're still yeah. surrounded by it. And, 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 and in that... All, all of us, we all, everybody's yeah. in the same boat, everybody. We're all, as you say, you yeah. know, reading the bullshit. It's all of us, so it's important to say that. So yeah, because it's it's being shoved in our faces more than we know, and even yeah. if you're aware of it, there's it's reaching you in ways you're not thinking of. So, I, as I said, I don't blame the the average person for caring about what's being thrown directly in their face, yeah. because I'm, I I can't speak on everyone, but I know I know some people who are very emotional and in the best of in the best way possible. They they do want good for people. But like we mentioned earlier, they don't know how to bring that about, and they don't read that much. So whenever they hear about something that's horrible, they want to do the most they can about it. And when you bring up, there's people in Af South Africa, there's you know still uh, Ebola going on, there's still uh, you know uh, uh, human trafficking going on in Ohio, in the United States. There's human trafficking going on in Los Angeles, here, yeah. like today. There's slavery. Slavery exists to this day. You got Chinese immigrants coming over on falsified uh, work visas that work for the triads. They, they're given uh, uh, basically indentured servitude positions where the uh, gangs will pay for their food and water and everything. They have to give 100% of their income back to the gang, and they just live in these crappy little uh, apartments provided to them. That happens here. Yeah, we get we get in it, Scotland. We get stuff like it's probably U.S. gangs doing it too. It's probably not just Chinese gangs because I can't be that that uh, single-minded about it. I'm, so we like to to say that you know we truly care about everyone. We're humanitarians, but you're right, Chris. There's a, a lot of horrible shit. It's going on in 2020 all around the world because not everywhere is a developed happy city. And even in the developed happy cities, you know, like I just said, there's, there's bad stuff going on. So, so the, back to my uh, a little story about the, this person that's very emotional. At one time, I got them at dinner and I basically cornered them with almost everything I know that's fucking horrible. What's going on? Like, Human testing, purpose like purposely giving people diseases, really bad stuff. And she started crying, not because it, she disagreed with me, but just because that's a lot of bad shit. I don't think people can handle it. 
I really do. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that they can at one time. Not to say that no one can, but I think most people truly can't fit all that evil into their head at one time. And it is hard enough dealing with it one thing at a time. So it would be interesting if everyone cared more about what they said they cared about, which is human life. But for as of right now, I at least hold the understanding that that's more than almost anyone in the world could care and that people are caring as much as they can. Now, the trick is you got to get them to actually help the situation versus, as I said, throwing wool blankets into the fire. But then, you know, if, um, uh, you know, so we, we are talking about, you know, and I, I specifically said all these different um, uh, situations. So maybe uh, I can't remember exactly what it says in the Bible, but is, you know, is, it, is it love thy neighbor? Yeah. So maybe maybe if everybody just did that. So if you went and seen the cool guy up the road, the, the old guy from the the prisoner war camp, and everybody just did that, we could make everything. You know, everybody everything could be nice. You know, maybe, maybe we're trying to you know fix too many problems without fixing the problems yeah. next door in our own house across the road. You know, maybe we should yeah. just be cooler to everybody around about us, um, and, and the problems would and the problems would fix ourselves. Um, well, one thing that I, one thing that I wanted to ask you, Fletch, uh, ask you, Fletch. Sorry. Um, how much worse do you think pre- police brutality would be in America if uh, you know civilians weren't armed? Weren't armed. Do you think that would get way worse? I don't know. So in in most places. So here here's the thing. Most people who travel while carrying a weapon, either legally or illegally, know that you're a dead man if you kill a cop. So if a cop is fucking with you and you draw and shoot them, between the cop calling in your license plate when he pulled you over, the camera on the cop's chest, the camera on the car, the audio recording, they're going to find you. You're, you're, you're going to get dead, probably in a bad way. So even with guns, there needs to be an incentive to use it. Now, obviously, there are situations where you have uh, police breaking into the wrong homes. They have a warrant for like uh, going across the street and they break into the wrong house and the resident shoots one of the cops and then the cops shoot them back. So it's like, if we didn't have guns, I would say it would probably be exactly the same. If not, as I said, there's always the worry of, is this person, like, how far can I push this person before they're caught in a corner and they're forced to attack me? Because at some point, most people, when when trapped in a corner, will turn in and show their teeth. So in that situation, in that situation, you know, the cop doesn't want to push the average American to the point where they're going to drop because they have nothing left to live for. Yeah, but the average American yeah. knows that life will be so much worse if they do that. And if it's any other scenario, then life or death. Yeah, I just didn't um, I didn't know if the police or, or should I say some police officers would maybe be a little bit more likely to bully, you know, civilians if they knew that they definitely didn't have a gun. So, if now this is not what I believe or what I think would happen, but if we're talking about hypotheticals, 
one of the excuses reasons I should say that uh, modern law enforcement uses for all of the uh, tension that they hold when they're doing traffic stops when when they're doing you know stuff when they're searching people when they have interactions is we don't know if you're a criminal and if you have a gun so we have to be ready in case you are mm. so if if there was not a single civilian firearm in America they would not have that excuse they, they're like oh I was worried that this civilian was going to hurt me it's like, fucking how? You have a gun. They don't. So now they have the reason to, to have this apprehension against the average, or, uh, while, while dealing with the average citizen of, I don't know if this is a plain-closed criminal who's concealing a weapon illegally, and if they are, they could get the drop on me. Because this does happen. Probably more. Yeah. So if no one in America was armed and the cops were armed, just by nature... But by social model, corruption would be higher. Just because you put all of the force in one group of people, you're going to get members of that, that group who abuse the power. So if you wanted to make, make the, the difference between the average citizen and the police even greater than it is now, I guess you could say that you would see more instances of pure corruption. Yeah. Does that make sense? More pure yeah, corruption. While you would see less instances of police tension with the average citizen during traffic stops. Yeah. So there would prob probably be a give and take with it where the police would be less likely to mess with you, but they're more likely to be running a human trafficking ring or drug ring, or you may have to pay protection money to them, things like that. It's I suppose it's interesting. I wonder if one of the reasons you ask Chris, obviously, because over here neither the civilians or the police yeah, are armed yeah. in Britain. Yeah. So we we don't have either. We've we've got both sides. Just well, correction. Fight or see it, you know, They're not police supposed to be armed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guns. because yeah, people guns. are yeah. armed and the cops do have gun lockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so absolutely. they're unarmed, kinda. Yeah, I mean, they, they, oh yeah, British force or British police force have armed response units that can turn up as and when required in certain places like airports and big um, train stations and such like have armed police on patrol all the yeah, time yeah. because they're seen yeah. as high-risk targets. Edinburgh as, as we would call them. Yeah. yeah, Edinburgh Airport. Um, if you go into like big cities, like I was yeah, in Manchester yeah, yeah. a couple of like, start of the year and there was armed police in the, the large train stations. But the average bobby on the beat, as we call them over here, um, they they they're not armed. They're carrying you know a truncheon, which is equivalent yeah. to a nightstick, and CS gas, and that's it. And even then, they get if they pull because I've got a couple of friends that are police officers, and they've said if they spray their CS gas, they get taken off duty for about three weeks and fill in a whole load of forms, and like you, it's almost frowned upon that you you had to resort to using your CS gas yeah. rather than using your 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 de-escalation techniques actually um, it's actually quite uh, uh um you know the uh, ali you'll know this so there's a, a few years ago uh fletch there was a guy um in the village not far from us um Sheku. do you remember that ali yes yeah, yeah i've got um killed, 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 so I, 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 on both sides well, I knew I knew him. So it was a, a, a black guy in Kirk, in Kirkcaldy, uh, and he was killed by the police in police custody. 
Um, and that is now kind of resurfaced because of George Floyd. Um, so there's a lot. I, I don't. I don't know an awful lot of what's been. Yeah, I, I don't really follow. I knew him. He was sort of a friend of a friend. Lovely guy. Really nice guy. Always said hi to me. Um, he was a really nice guy. Um, and he was killed in police custody. So that's kind of arisen again here. So there's some uh, calls for that to be kind of reinvestigated and all this kind of stuff. So, um, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But it's just because of George Floyd, it's came back up. And here's one of the huge gripes that I have with with these petty solutions that pre- the precincts uh, provide for the protesters. They say, okay. We'll, we will reopen the investigation into that misjustice. All right, guys, who's going to run the investigation? Yeah, the police. We are, again. <laughs> and you didn't yeah. find anything last time, huh? Oh, but we will this time. Oh, oh, we found. Don't worry, we'll charge him. Are you going to actually, are you, are you going to convict him? Oh, we'll see what the evidence turns up. And see, you guys are in charge of collecting the evidence because it happened in your precinct. It's your records. So you're going to convict him because hmm. this corruption happened and you have all the records, right? That's the bullshit yeah. that, we're, that, that, the, that, that the protesters are dealing with. Yeah, that's, that's um, the, so I, they will probably you, reopen the investigation. As and you see I don't um, think anything's going to happen from it unless yeah. more of this happens. More people get out there and say, how can I, how can I be civil about this? Um, Fuck your bullshit. We won't go. Like, yeah. but, but as I said, there's there needs to be because civilians are responsible for this as well. As I said, we are the ones that handed all of this power off to other people. Oh, just handle it for us. How would you feel if a hundred thousand people elected, like even if you wanted to be elected, like oh, I want to be the leader. And suddenly, a hundred thousand people just drop their fucking problems on your doorstep, and are like, "Fuck you, handle it. We hired yeah. you." You would you would be kind of like, "All right, I'll handle it." Yeah, you want me to handle it? Fine. Yeah, I've... I'll handle it my way. Take yeah. a little. Be like, um, be like uh, Jim Carrey and uh, uh, Bruce Almighty. He would just be like, "Yes, yes, 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 yes." And on the computer, <laughs> he's gone. That's, yeah. that's what I'd be like. What hap- What happens when Jeffrey Dahmer prays to God? Does that prayer get answered? Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer is a uh, serial killer cannibal from the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard the name. Um, oh, you were Dahmer. Yeah, it's um, I uh, yeah, I, you know, I think it's super important to have these conversations, uh, and we 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 all appreciate that there's some bad shit going on. Um, escalated I sw- recently. I swear to God, I'm uh, going to talk about jujitsu on one of these things. You just, just not today. Next time, next time, man. <laughs> you next time. We'll do a jujitsu special. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, you, you know, with you coming into this, we weren't going to fix anything. But uh, you know, it's super important to have the conversations. Um, you know, maybe we need to, you know. Just uh, well, I mean, handle our neighbour and, uh, and 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 show some love to everybody. Positive vibes, man. Here's the beauty to it: is if any, anything we said here is just ignorant or unequivocally wrong, 
I hope someone sees it and either contacts us or says something in the comments and gives gives me and you guys an opportunity to read more into it, to to meet a new person, and to fucking try and actually get everyone together on the same page because uh, that's what whoever the powers that be are that that are smiling that everyone's fighting each other. That's where they want us. They want us disagreeing. Over the smallest stuff and not they want us fighting over the scraps not looking at where the scraps are coming from and why they are fucking scraps yeah i that's the it's a you have to keep a big picture here that we need a functioning society and we need everyone in that society to be a a, a happy functioning member of it and to do that boy shit's got to change and we got to change it slowly correctly and with great forethought. And even with that, it's going to be fucked up and we're going to have to change it again. But that's the thing. We keep changing it. We keep making it better. That's all you can ask for. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. otherwise you're, you're in the past, baby. You're fucking Stone Age otherwise. Whew. What a place to, what a place to uh, finish up, I think. That's uh, a nice little way to, to finish up, man. Um, yeah, I've got to go and uh, do some do some exercise for today um and we've we've done i think five podcasts in eight or nine yeah. days or something you so guys have been head, on fire thank you for finding on, time to fit me in so um so we have no, we on, appreciate uh, you wanting to come. we'll definitely get you um we'll definitely get you back on we love speaking to our american cor- the silly goose gang american correspondent that's your official title the now third, the third <laughs> member <laughs> third member of man switch um, all right yeah, man, it's a, it's always a pleasure to meet you. The, 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 I hope you I hope you liked your um, rash guard. I hope you liked it. Oh. Uh... Yeah. I've been wearing it in the gym. We pulled out of the laundry pile. I have. Uh, did I did I send you the did I send you the artwork for the the Scottish one? That I'm I'm kind of working on. You got, this is the one he sent. Yeah, yeah, I've got. An, I'm, I'm working on another one. It's going to be a little while before I get that done, but I've got a Scottish one that I'm working on. So when I get oh, that awesome. done, I'll send one to you, and I'll send one to to BMAC. I'll send uh, one to my my tenth oh. planet guys in the US. Thank you. <laughs> you, you know how to make a grown man blush. We like to. We like to. We like to to be kind. Just trying to be kind. Trying to be nice. So. Hey. Um, but yeah, man, it was cool to speak to you again. And uh, gentlemen, stay it was a pleasure. Stay safe. Stay safe. Yes, sir. Love, love, love from America. Watch out for the what? guns. Well, also fucking <laughs> Scotland. Uh, we don't watch have out, the guns. Watch, watch out for the Loch Ness monster. Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll get the boys together. We'll go on a little hunting trip. Get on a boat. <laughs> Get some dynamite, you know, <laughs> find him. <laughs> you boys stay safe, all right? All right, you buddy. Too, buddy. Speak to you, man.